set to go? We are set to go. Okay. Today, from Emily Post's etiquette, the inconsiderate customer. The behavior of the customer is as important as that of the saleswoman. Indeed, a saleswoman is, so to speak, at the mercy of any customer who is ill-bred or unreasonable for as long as that customer chooses to keep her in attendance. Moreover, an unjustifiably irate customer can cause, by her complaints, a mark against a saleswoman, and whether deserved or not, many such marks may mean loss of a job. As a guess, one might say that an inconsiderate customer can be at her worst and cause the greatest strain upon a saleswoman's sportsmanship and good temper in the ready-to-wear clothing department. <laughs> and what a careless customer often does to the merchandise is scarcely believable. Perhaps she smears the dresses with lipstick as she pulls them on or off. Perhaps she tears them in her haste or sheer carelessness. Perhaps she scorches one with her cigarette, although smoking is not permitted in stores. Rarely does she think she did the damage. And in the end, she orders none, or perhaps she buys several and then returns everything looking still more shopworn the next day. It is true that we all at some time buy something for which, which for one reason or another we are obliged to send back. But neither this practice, nor the, that of being inconsiderate of salespeople or the merchandise belonging to the store is typical of any considerate person. Another lack of consideration is shown by those who go on shopping 10 minutes before closing time. <laughs> salespeople have had a long day and have routine chores to do before they can leave. Another fault, but probably only belonging to housewives who have no business experience, <laughs> is to think it fair or honest to expect favors from their friends who are no longer women at leisure and who are not in a position to give below-cost prices or to put all other customers aside and spend their time gossiping with a former friend. And finally, it is hard to believe, but there are women who with no thought of buying anything, will go into a dress department solely to pass an hour or so before a lunch date and waste the time of a saleswoman who is paid at least in part by commissions on the dresses she sells and not on the ones she shows. Is the customer always right? It would seem not likely. Unfailing patience and good temper are qualities expected of every saleswoman, whereas there is nothing to restrain the ill humor or unreasonableness of a customer except her own good manners. It sounds like Emily Post is... Passive aggressively describing someone she like knew in high school, like yeah. maybe she burns the dress, uh, maybe her name's Cheryl. You know? <laughs> yeah, far far cry from uh, the customer is always right, which is what I th what I thought we just the salesperson's uh, forfeit of. Yeah, that's definitely not what we're taught at the bookstore. I mean, my boss for his faults will just say to people sometimes like well like if a student loses a book or if somebody like wants to return something and doesn't have the sales slip and it looks like it's been washed he's like do i look like i'm stupid he'll say things like that and just be like i'm not taking that back cool. and then just walk away <laughs> and leave like the poor cashier up there <laughs> you know like he'll come over because they'll be like Oh, um, this person wants to return this thing. Can you help me? I'm not sure if we can return it. And he'll be like, this looks washed. It doesn't have a tag. Absolutely not. Do I look stupid? And then he just walks away and like leaves the situation yeah. still there. Yeah, in his mind, like, <laughs> like this situation is over. I've walked away and like made a stand. And, and then in reality, there's another person next to him that's like. Yeah, so then they have okay, to be what, like. What do I have to do? How can I make this right? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Cool and Unusual Punishment, our uh, our weekly podcast about weird history and true crime. My name is Tyler Haas, and across the coffee table from me is my fiance, Jody Arnold. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, I I wanted to. You do a lot of true crime on the podcast, and I <clears throat> I thought we should balance the scales a little bit. Um. So I want to bring some fake crime into the podcast. So this isn't your story. This is a... uh, no. I have a selection of some fake crime headlines. Oh, and do I have to guess which are fake? Uh, no, they're all fake. Oh, okay. Well, then wait. Do 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 do. It's time for fake crime. Tyler wrote some fake crime. Ba -da -ba. He spent an hour on it. So listen up. Ba boom boom. Fake crime headlines. Uh, firstly, 
uh, we have a uh, a new story from the future. A man from the year 2554 violated the grandfather paradox laws uh, by traveling to the year 2459 to murder his own grandparents. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> due to his success, police have yet to locate the suspect. Um, local one here, uh, here in Chippewa Falls, an alleged skateboarder was ticketed and fined for holding a skateboard by the trucks instead of the deck. Uh, he appealed his case, but was found guilty by a tribunal of other kids that were at the skate park that day. It's a joke for my skateboarding. <gasps> holding your skateboard by the trucks is a... Is it lame? Is a, like, poser move. It's, you learn very early not to... You don't color your grip tape, and you don't hold your skateboard by the trucks. Those are poser moves. Yeah, I think there's something mm-hmm. similar with tape on, like for bike. Oh, if you race bikes and you tape the handles, there's something about which handles you're supposed to be able to hold on to, and it's not lame. I forget which. So the anyway. the ones that go around the horn. Yeah, like, I think those are the ones you're supposed to hold. But like, then there's these little. Sometimes there's these little ones that stick up. Yeah, like Cut on racing. each side. Okay. And those are much more comfortable, so you're not hunched over, but apparently it's like... Yeah. No, if you like biking, then you'll deal with the back pain. Yeah. Oh, can you And finally here, in 2005, an Oklahoma man was found guilty of reverse identity fraud after planting his social security card, birth certificate, and student loan debt on his neighbor... Uh, the neighbor became suspicious when he woke up the following morning and suddenly felt like his life was a chaotic, aimless mess. Authorities were quickly alerted and the man has since been sentenced to continue living a shitty life. <laughs> this has been fake crime. Ba-da-ba. Thanks for taking that time. You made me chuckle a couple of times. Good job, Tyler. Write more crimes. Okay. Can I, do you have more? Uh, do you have more or can I do something? Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> okay, this came out on November 22nd and I forgot to share it. Man living in bunker along Milwaukee River may have been there for years. We're learning more about a man that was found living in a bunker along the Milwaukee River. The shelter was found on Wednesday, November 20th near Capitol Drive. The area has since been taped off. Milwaukee County Sheriff Ernold Lucas identified the man as 41-year-old Jeffrey Graff. Authorities found the bunker after they received a shots of fire received a shots fired call. Once at the scene, they say Graff told them he shot rounds into the river because he was mad his dogs ran away. Yeah. He was then taken yeah. into custody. The officers discovered a concealed entrance to an underground encampment. In the 8-foot-deep and 20-foot-long bunker, authorities found four guns, three knives, a bow, grill, generator, propane tanks, and food. Sheriff Lucas said Graf could have been living there for years. Obviously, it required some ingenuity for an individual to do something of this nature in literally an urban area, an urban setting, and it, got, and it went undetected for any period. Here's a photo of it. Yeah, it it looks like a it looks like every action movie where somebody has to go get the guns and they pull up a a a door in the ground. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I yeah. mean, one would wonder how an urban how in an urban setting an individual is able to hide in plain sight, if you will. It's all of our responsibility to stay vigilant, and if you see something, say something. Okay. <laughs> just that's just a public public notice that we should all be on the lookout for for bunkers. underground bunkers <laughs> or i guess more realistically we should be on the lookout for men shooting at the river out of anger and like i love um it's like oh you think if you're kind of on the dl like having yeah. dogs like get a cat like that's much more practical like you got to let dogs out and they bark and like a cat would just be fine under there. So this guy's in custody, faces second, charges a second degree, recklessly endangering safety, possession of a short-barreled shotgun. His bunker is on land owned by the Milwaukee Area Technical College. Man, so he could have, he'd kept it together. He could have been there a while. Yeah. 
And I guess like, uh, I don't know. I mean, clearly you can't do that on private property. But how do you even go? That that's a huge bunker, twenty feet long, eight feet deep. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't some sort of shelter he found. Like no, he, he made it. I mean, I don't even know how you make it. You dig eight feet deep. Yeah. And then, is it like on the Fantastic Mr. Fox? Do you remember that when there's just like they're just like yeah. digging deep? <laughs> uh, do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. I my my story's gonna end with me yelling. I just don't get it. So oh, better save that for the end. It's gonna okay. go off the rails. Oh, are you feeling drunk? Not yet. I just know where this topic takes me. Okay. Hey, before we, before we, okay, get going here. Um, it's not official yet, but perhaps if you're listening to this, you might be like, hey, I came here from the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. What are you people not talking about true crime for? And it's coming right now. So anyway, we're uh, part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network, and I'll learn more how we're supposed to... We haven't put ink on paper. We haven't put ink on paper. Yeah. This might be one of those episodes that if you listen to it the first time, like hold on to it, download it, because if it doesn't happen, it's going to be like when they print those papers for people who didn't die yet. Okay. So anyway, Sarah... uh, Mm -hmm. Um, she sends me this story, which I remember when it happened. I'm trying to remember if I covered it on the old show when, uh, like before this part of it happened, but she sent me an update. And as I was going through it, I realized, oh, I need to do this story this week because there's an interesting, um, well, once I say a part of it, you're going to go, oh, holy shit. Okay. The wife of a man found shot to death in August 2006 and his Western Marathon County home is behind bars Monday facing first degree intentional homicide charges. Cindy Schultz. We need to just agree on this right now. It's a hyphenated last name. That's J U E D E S. Huedas. Judes. Oh, Judes. Probably Judes. Okay. Judas. <laughs> Cindy Schultz Judes, 65 of Chippewa Falls appeared December 2nd in Marathon County Circuit Court for a probable cause hearing where she was ordered held on a $1 million cash bond. Schultz Judes was arrested on November 27th and is currently in custody at the Marathon County Jail, accused of fatally shooting her 58-year-old husband, Kenneth Judes of Unity. So that's what's happening right now. She was living in Chippewa Falls somewhere. And just got arrested like a week ago. When was the? In 2006. So she moved after this happened. It's hard. In Wisconsin, it's hard. If you move county, is it like it's hard to, for the police to? Well, track I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's like the Girl Scout thing. Um, not the thing that happened here. That's not funny to laugh about, though. The the other murders. <laughs> A reverence to last week's episode, not yeah, the not the chip- tragedy that we should not be giggling through. Well, the other one's a tragedy here. too. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> you know. All right. Listen to last week's episode. I was very careful last week to not, you know, to be careful how we we laughed about it. So, all right, at 8.23 a.m. on August 30th, 2006, pardon me, the Marathon County Sheriff's Department responded to um, Maple Road in Marathon County in the town of Hull for a report of a man who was deceased. He was later identified as this guy who was a pharmacist at a hospital, right? So... They did an autopsy. Autopsy shows he had two gunshot wounds to the chest. They never found the murder weapon. And 
investigators first believe that this guy was killed by somebody he had a financial dispute with. But as they started investigating it, their suspicions turned closer to home and to this woman. She told the cops that um, she found her husband dead in their home. They had a 30 acre property. All right. And she had left the home that night to go sleep in a trailer on the property because she had a headache. <laughs> like, couldn't you just go to a different room? Why did you have to leave? Is she allergic to cats? Do they have a cat? I, I was just going to say, uh, like true crime TV shows when it's about like a spouse murdering a spouse, you know, like. Yeah. The, it's like, oh, like it tripped and I, I shot him four times. And it's like, wow. And then once they say it out loud, they have to, they feel like they have to stick to it. And it's like, and then it just cuts to talking heads of detectives. Like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Like it's, they didn't, she had time, right? They had, she had a day or two to think of like before the cops turned to her and yeah. asked like, so what's the deal? And the, the headache trailer. Yeah, the headache trailer. <laughs> All right, so yeah, she went to the headache trailer. She got back home at 8.20 a.m., all right, and she finds her husband dead. She's the only person involved in the investigation that was officially ever named as a person of interest. Can I just make a request that every time you do a true crime story from now on, like the first version you tell is the terrible version that the murderer tells, like, Here's what happened. Uh, so <laughs> just do that with a straight face. And yeah, I'll, yeah, like um, I was. Yeah, oh my god! Oh no, I've been drinking now, so now I'm in a good mood. Um, uh, the, it, that's like the staircase on Netflix, which you didn't watch, but it's. God damn it! Don't get me down these rabbit holes. But that's a, a great example. Oh yeah, um, I have this beautiful house and this pool. And I was out sitting by it, and um, I came into the house, and my wife had uh, fallen down the steps and died. And, I mean, there's blood spattered the whole way down the steps, and her head's bashed in with a, like, chimney poke or some weird thing that I have. But, like, I definitely was not involved in that. Yeah. The, she fell on but how do you how would you explain all these i don't know because i was out by the pool yeah and so like um he's, he's like no if i was outside then i don't have to answer any questions right and God like damn it you're so smart okay so like the blood was pretty dried by the time i called the cops that's because i was by the pool for a while you know i mean so okay i can do that so i just shower because i was in the pool like i don't want that chlorine <laughs> yeah it gives my wife a headache <laughs> <laughs> so investigators say a one million dollar life insurance policy classic like oops also this is a ripped from the headlines that's a ripped from the headlines so there was this life insurance pol policy then there was this wrongful debt lawsuit that was filed in 2007 that centered around a three hundred thousand dollar insurance payout to her which was contested by Jude's four children. And that was resolved in August 2010 before it went to trial. Investigators hoped that the case, had it gone to jury, would have helped reveal additional details to help their case. Because like with a lot of cases, and I've had some personal experience with this, just like with that Shannon Boito case that I don't know if I've ever talked about on here, but... Um, she's a missing person from Chippewa Falls. Anyway, like, I still wonder, like, well, maybe they're investigating her boyfriend and nobody knows about it, you know? So they, in this case, they were quietly trying to connect the wife to this. I think what people forget is that even if something is obvious, yeah, I like you need cases where like, yeah, you know who the killer is. It's like on the wire. And then it's a matter of... Yeah, like you can't just be like, oh, well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, like you have to have real evidence. Like if we're going to pretend that our justice system functions in any way, you have to like bring something. You can't just be like, well, obviously she did it, right? I mean, a headache trailer. 
Like who has guilty? <laughs> guilty. <laughs> Order in the court. So at the, it's not really important to know what happened with that life insurance case, but she also got seven hundred thousand dollars and a variety of other life insurance benefits. First of all, who has this much life insurance? Like I got offered at my newish job, like, do you want to buy optional life insurance? I have kids and I'm like 40 and I was like, $3? Absolutely not. Like (laughs) who's, who buys all of this? Although Uh, the uh, wife buys it, I assume. Like I don't, I don't think the husband, the guy who's about to get murdered is taking on like four life insurance policies on himself. (laughs) Well, you know what is weird though? is not to talk about my past romantic life at all because I don't want to. But I will say that I once dated somebody who had been married to someone who died of cancer, but before that ever happened, had taken out enough life insurance policies on herself that the payout when she died was $5 million. And and then what, you just direct where that goes? and yeah. Like she had some bizarre premonition, like the life insurance policies were so much that it was almost impossible sometimes for them to pay the monthly premiums on them. And it was like, geez, do you really think we should keep it, all these weird? A, why do you have all yeah, these because life the insurance argument you have policies? To make in favor of it is like, no, trust me. I have a feeling that I am going to die tragically. Just trust me. It's going to be okay. And then I'm that happened. <laughs> How weird, right? So, like, I don't know, maybe, but I'm pretty sure the wife took these out. But all the same, because, like, I'm reading these amounts, and that's the only other time I've heard of somebody having more than, like, enough to hopefully cover a funeral. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. You have to, like, the – when I got was hearing about the benefits for the company I'm about to join, like, when in regards to life insurance, like – you're not allowed to up it suddenly. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's like an anti-murder clause that like, yeah, you specifically can't. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, honey, I was just out in the life insurance trailer and I was thinking, I've got life insurance. Tra- Another great deal. Like, I mean, if we, if you bought 10 life insurance policies on yourself, I would find that so bizarre. Like that's this situation I'm referencing from my, uh, no, I, I, I've got to write a play or something. I mean, and, and the amount of, uh, stocking up this woman did on things like, um, twin mattress protectors, things like twin bed size, things that, um, didn't even exist, um, like, imagine having a set of dishes and then being like, oh, no, I broke a dish. Oh, um, she bought a hundred extras of every single dish. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, that's just the situation I was in once. Um, all right. So investigators spent like thousands of hours on this case, right? Um it's not clear yet what prompted the woman to just get arrested out of the blue, like last week in here in Chippewa Falls. I mean, Chippewa Falls is not a big city. I don't remember a shared post from here about it. If my friend Sarah hadn't sent this to me. You think it would have been bigger news? Well, yeah, yeah like I'm assuming, right? You know? So anyway... Um, in 2013, an interview for a Wausau Daily Herald story, um, the captain of the police force said he would never refer to this case as a cold case, um, meaning that they were actively working on it. All right. So here's the part that's... <sighs> this is the paragraph I read that made me think that I had to tell this story, not just as a quick update on something. Over the years, the case was complicated by new theories and claims, including a so-called confession from a man who claimed he drove the getaway car when Butch Patrick, a Hollywood actor who portrayed Eddie Munster in the TV series The Munsters, shot Judes. 
No, that's the sentence that would have made me do this. Yeah, I was like, what? Look, I've been talking for 20 minutes, but it's because of this sentence right here. Like, this this guy was in, like, the town of whatever in Marathon County. Um, Wait, I just want to <laughs> clarify what his claim is. He was the get- getaway driver for Eddie Munster who killed Yes. Him. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, what would Eddie Munster be doing, right? Like, I mean, I couldn't begin to say what Eddie Munster <laughs> is doing if it's not this, so... I don't know why not. <laughs> I mean, this guy, this guy who was shot is like a fucking pharmacist at a local hospital. Like, this isn't somebody with like, hey, you know, I was once like an extra on X Files. <laughs> yeah. Like, that story was published in May 2013 by the National Enquirer, though the publication removed the story weeks later. Local police followed up on the confession, but quickly ruled out. Uh, Butch Patrick has a suspect. So but for even there, a hot minute, there's one interview of Butch Patrick so happy that a, a reporter came to ask him questions. Do you guys like, want me to do a con? Did you murder this guy in Wisconsin, <laughs> guys? I mean, I'll say yes if it helps, but <sighs> uh, they quickly ruled him out. Oh, okay. Well, here's the connection. I missed one sentence when I read this whole thing the first time. Butch Patrick knew this guy that died because he regularly visited Monster Hall Raceway and Campground in Unity, where Jude's was a part owner. Eddie Munster was going to some raceway and campground. It was called Monster? Hall. Oh, God. I mean, maybe... This guy probably put his whole life savings into securing that Eddie Munster would come to Monster Hall. <laughs> like, this is going to be big, baby. This is going to get us two headache trailers. <laughs> Butch Patrick! <laughs> the Marathon County Sheriff's Department has been ins- assisted in this investigation by the medical examiner, blah, 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 blah. Official charges haven't been filed yet, but first-degree intentional homicide carries a mandatory penalty and life in prison upon conviction. So, that's uh, that's my story. Yeah, I hope you do a, a Butch Patrick. Just kind of follow up. Just where where is he now? If he's not killing people, where is he now? Because I'd, I'd be curious. Um, oh, I guess I could do a. Where are they now? Where are they going? Why did they leave us? We love their shows. No, I was the getaway driver for um Oh, you remember you remember that show? It wasn't it wasn't the Adams family. It was like, oh yeah, it was on you He know, had like a weird he had a really weird hairline. Hold on, I gotta Google him. I gotta Google. Yeah. Butch Patrick. Yeah. Butch Patrick killed him and oh. dove into my car and I drove sped away. <laughs> Um, okay, I um. Are you gonna talk about the Nazis? I'm gonna talk about Elsa Gate. <gasps> oh, <clears throat> fabulous! So I know I know you know what this is, and I, yeah, I've but been, I don't under I don't though. I I, I kind you know, of you know what I'm saying. I have a, a kitty. A, a couple of ways I'm gonna come at this. Um, I'm gonna to to anybody who's unaware, I have a primer to describe what Elsa Gate is. Uh. Elsagate is a term referring to the controversy surrounding videos on YouTube and YouTube Kids that are categorized as child-friendly, but uh, which contain themes that are inappropriate for children. This is from the wiki. Most videos under this classification are notable for presenting content such as violence, sexual situations, fetishes, drugs, alcohol injections, toilet humor, and dangerous or upsetting situations and activities. Uh, specifically, these videos tend to feature the same kind of cast of characters, uh, specifically Spider-Man, Elsa from Frozen. And Frozen 2. Currently in theaters. Get your tickets now. Uh, read up on Elsa Gate, then go see Frozen 2. <laughs> Joker, Mickey Mouse, uh, and other, like, kind of popular kids' characters. Yes. Um, you know, can I quickly say that one time I accidentally found one of these videos... I, with Spider- oh, pardon, my, pardon me, with Spider-Man. 
and uh, it was an injection one or live action. It was animated. Um, yeah, I was listening to music on YouTube once while I was like doing comics, and I went out for a smoke, and I came in 15 minutes later, and the algorithm had taken me to a Elsa video. Which one was it? I mean, it was just some. I mean, there, there's fucking. We'll get into it. I mean, there's millions. There's millions of these fucking videos. Um, so that's kind of the 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 technical description of what it is. Uh, and so there's a lot of outrage from parents of children who who have uh top like specifically like one to two year olds that they're like if they're putting a tablet in front of them like um kids who aren't going to come to you and tell you what they like they're so young they're just sitting and watching these bright colors like uh, and so parents are outraged because these videos tend to look like anything you might find on youtube kids um and they and accept that there's injections and abortions and like uh <laughs> scat play uh, What's that? Poop, poop f- fetishes. Oh, okay. Uh, so some character again from the wiki. Some uh, characteristics of these videos. The uh, uh, aside from the upsetting content, um, the views on these videos are enormous. They have millions and millions of views. Um, the amount of channels doing this, separate channels, is astounding. There are the the content is similar like there is a kind of like seemingly a a a shared pool of characters animation uh certainly like upsetting content that everybody is drawing from all of these like thousands of channels uh also the comments of all these videos have a there's thousands of comments of gibberish, just gibberish, which there's theories about this. If it's just toddlers banging on keyboard and some people think it's like no. coded messages like of pedophiles or something, which is seems too far in the other direction. But in either way, like it is consistently gibberish comments on all of these videos. Uh, okay. Um, so this started in... Uh, is it Russian? I think it's not. It's not. Lim- it's not a uh, it's something you could pin down to that. It is a, a a beast of. Well, I'll get into it because my the actual article I want to talk about is a guy who gets into the actual scary implications that I don't that I think most people miss when you tell them that these videos are on YouTube. They think I don't want my kid to see these. Like, there's a much scarier, bigger cloud over all this. Um, so this is a an article I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go through and, and get the, the important parts from. This is a article about a guy who researched this, and it's I don't I generally when I do stories I like to not do ones that are editorialized, you know. Um, but I'm gonna read this one because uh, his concerns, <laughs> uh, his his takes on this are are really scary and really important, and I feel like they're worth like mentioning. So I'm gonna be speaking through this guy. Uh, <clears throat> start of his article. Someone or something or some combination of people and things is using YouTube to systematically frighten, traumatize, and abuse children automatically and at scale, and it forces me to question my own beliefs about the internet at every level. Much of what I'm going to describe next has been covered elsewhere, although none of the mainstream coverage I've seen has really grasped the implications of what seems to be occurring. So he starts with this kind of uh, uh, introduction as to Normal kids YouTube is already fucking weird. I think you told me about this, like the surprise videos, the egg videos. Oh, and, the surprise um, egg. Yes. Uh, Play-Doh, like what colors in this Play-Doh? Like kids YouTube is fucking weird. Like and the engineering for, family. Because it's, you know, it's it's for t- un- children who aren't speaking yet. Like they just need kind of repetition and colors. And and so the the, the normal market is already weird and it. Uh, it created this incentive for broadcasters who want to make money to, um, like we need to replicate this as much as we can. Like this is a, a, a pattern we can replicate. And so the first thing that happened was there was a, like a, a lot of Peppa Pig ripoffs. Like you can just rip off these videos. And if you get enough bots filling the view counts, then when you search Peppa Pig, 
there's the official channel and then there's your videos right underneath it and uh-huh. it doesn't matter to a tough child you know um and the other way they were increasing their their reach what what benefit does that have for people to just view your fake videos at this level at this level uh advertising you know, or ad revenue yeah um and secondly advertising would, of course of whom <laughs> Um, secondly, they would, they would, um, <coughs> tailor their videos through, uh, keyword, um, like hashtag, um, algorithms because they would game YouTube's keyword system to, um, to, to, to get whatever, to get it up in the next autoplay section as, as quick as possible. So like when a surprise egg video, when that became popular, like it hits this critical mass where all these people are like surprise egg videos and everyone's just, you know, like hitting this drum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, there's all these accounts just doing it in every variation, every genre, any way you can think of. Uh, and so, you'd see videos like surprise Play-Doh, eggs, Peppa Pig, stamper cars, uh, Pocoyo, Minecraft, Smurfs, Kinder Play-Doh, Sparkle, Cars, Screaming Banshee, Eats Lightning McQueen, Disney Pixar, Disney Baby Pop-Up Pals, Easter Egg Surprise. Um, so this is just like they were uh, videos that were perhaps named by actual people, but they were. Doing the work of what a robot would do, essentially. Uh, so already the line is starting to get blurred between how much of this is is people and how much of this is like uh, the algorithm. I'll call it the algorithm on the whole, like just yeah. the machine that's churning, that's creating this. Um, so there's uh, I have some uh, a sheet here of it's pretty small text, but like these are three different examples of YouTube channels of um, these are. YouTube channels that have millions of subscribers. These are like fourth, fifth, sixth most popular channels on YouTube. And they are just variations of uh, the... Are these Elsagate ones or regulars? One of those, the two at the top, the one at the bottom is definitely Elsagate, I think. But I think the two at the top are like, not technically inappropriate, just fucking weird. The Finger Five Family is one of them. babies dressed as police. Five little babies playing with dough. Five little babies dressed as teachers. But then the bottom one is, um, it gets cut off, but Elsa and Anna makeup face exam become into lover of Elsa Spider-Man attacked by shark sea monster Joker. So here's the thing. That bottom uh, channel is... Like the end result of even before you get into the weird, um, actual like disturbing content, like the algorithm, these are animations. Some of them are made kind of automatically generated by some machine. Some of them feature live actors, but the topics, as you can see, even if they're not inappropriate, they are nonsensical because they like actual people are producing these and they're following keywords to nonsense land and it's just pizza crush. Like Elsa, Anna shower and noodle bath, Spider Man with good Joker. Yep, it's it's. It, and then the picture, it's it kind of creeps me out because of like, like people of are, an Asian woman with her mouth agape, covered in noodles with Spider Man head next to her in this like bathtub of noodles. What the fuck? So yeah, this is before we we even get into the actual traumatizing stuff, like. Human, there's live action stuff in here. It's not just animation. Adults dressing up in costumes of Elsa and Spider-Man and making videos like that that are nonsense. And like already it starts to scare me because it's like <laughs> – anyway. So uh, – I hate this. So uh, one of the videos um, – was uh, because in addition to live actors producing and creating stuff that follows these this kind of keyword you know uh, pull, um, there's there's just automatically recreated asset videos. Um, What's you may that have mean? caught me watch it. Like you can make uh, like there's a video that was just uh, four like characters, like it was like Aladdin characters, and they just slide in from the side. It's really crude animation, and then their heads move off their bodies and they go up to the corners and they're just going around the four heads. And then one head will come in and it'll go on a lens bodies there. And the wrong head comes on. And then, uh, some girl from despicable me, it's all kind of like, none of it really makes sense. She'll come in and she'll start crying. Ugh! And it's like, cause the head's wrong. 
and then another head comes on and that's wrong too and she comes out and she cries and then the right head goes on and she comes out and she's like yeah and there's like kind of music there's no words it's all kind of just association like that's wrong wrong right but you can do that you can just make a program that swaps out assets because there's no assets are heads uh any yeah like the bodies that are moving around the you know, yeah the body like any talk to me like i'm the, 40 the, the parts of this video <laughs> the animation like these actors in it can okay be just swapped out and and then you can make thousands and thousands of these and to a toddler who's just sitting like with a tablet like it doesn't matter that this is like repetition and gar- and nonsense like it's, it's just the colors the music uh the baby cries when which by the way kind of seems fucked up too it's like it seems slightly traumatizing like teaching babies that like like this is when you should cry this is when you should be happy uh the the head swapping video that i watched that was in this article was titled by the way wrong heads disney wrong ears wrong legs kids learn colors finger finger family 2017 nursery rhymes i hate that name finger family uh there's a youtube group called uh a youtube channel called toy freaks um, that I think is banned now. It was a, an actual family, a, a father and his two daughters, and they would make videos where they would play out these like tropes, like bizarre and sometimes like. I'll, I'll just read from the article here. Toy Freaks is a hugely popular YouTube channel, 68th on the platform, most popular. Which uh, features a father and his two daughters playing out, or in some cases, perhaps originating, many of the tropes we've identified so far, including bad baby, the baby cries when something's wrong and the baby's happy when something's right. As well as nursery rhymes and learning colors, Toy Freaks specializes in gross-out situations, as well as activities which many, many viewers feel border on abuse and exploitation, if not cross the line entirely into videos of children, uh, including videos of children vomiting and in pain. Toy Freaks? Toy Freaks. And I think, you don't think there was a... like a lawsuit. They were trying to make other YouTube channels because they got taken off the service and they they were so popular they wanted back into this. And they were like interviews and it's hard to say because the father's like the all the family, they all seem happy like in interviews. Like, no, we like making these videos. It's not. But the, the content they're making is like they're making the content that the algorithm wants and the algorithm wants the 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 baby the children to be getting like humiliated and like uh throwing up and 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 peeing on each other so like joking about it like in in like this weird abuse abuse light oh god the yeah i mean just um real quickly like yeah the in 2017 this channel got pulled down the dad <clears throat> um Pulled a downsetting child endangerment. Um, a single dad posted questionable videos of his two young daughters. And he made these wildly popular daughters where he uh, showing his youngest daughter terrified when he placed creatures like a frog and lobster near her and her sister as they were in the bathtub. They were both wearing swimsuits. He also dressed them up like babies as they pr- pretended to engage in infantile behavior and in one video, the younger sister pees on her older sister. They, I, I remember the first time I was looking into this, like watching some of these videos. Like, okay, I also want to talk about this quick. Is that like there's a lot of mostly you see this in animation. There's Peppa Pig and Mickey Mouse and Elsa, and this, it's all oh crude animation where you're seeing um, they go to the dentist and they're pulling teeth out, and it's like torture. Or um, somebody is peeing or pooping in a tube and it's going through a wall to another person who doesn't know and they're putting the other end of the tube to their mouth. Like the topics are weirdly kind of consistent. There's a lot of accidentally eating poop. Um, There's pregnancy like focuses on a huge belly like because there's something in there and they got to get in uh, huge syringes. Huge injection syringes uh, is common. Um and then sometimes just murder, sometimes like amputation, but like the characters are laughing during it. And like it, there's a consistency to the fucked up content yeah. where it's, it's, ah, uh, yeah, like, um, but, but so these are all like weird animation that somebody is making and God knows why. But then 
there are live action videos of real people doing these things too, doing the same yeah, scenes. Yeah, like, is and, it okay if I like, find this worse, the live action ones? Yes, yes. Like, yeah, absolutely. Because it's, I, it's like, who would do this? But then it, but then it also, because all these videos kind of still follow that, that, um, theme of those toddler videos of where like, um, we're still learning colors or something like it's still like it goes back and forth in a weird way that like like what what fucking like what is driving you one way or the other you can't tell what is human produced and what's not anymore because it's like and then there's real videos people are making where it's like it's an adult man in a spider-man costume in a bathtub and the bathtub is filled with uh uh, uh like balls like uh like a ball pit He's just in there and then someone's coming at him with their butt and they're like, whoa. And then suddenly like he's throwing like, like they sat down, shot this, edited it. None of it makes any fucking sense. And it seems so unsettling. Yeah. Like it's, it's scares me more than the actual violence. It's the weird, like hyper-focused, bizarre, the, 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 oh God. Um, so yeah the um that last list of videos on that sheet i gave you was from a um an an asian essentially like a toy freaks produced in asia uh uh or that one's from russia i don't want to use the term human led anymore about these videos although they contain the same tropes and actual people acting them out i no longer have any idea what's going on here and i don't want to find out and i'm starting to think that's kind of the point that's part of why i'm starting to think about the deliberateness of this of of this all it's a lot of effort going into making these uh more than spam revenue can generate who's writing these scripts who's editing these videos first uh level of horror uh first uh he's talking about the 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 trauma that this is eliciting uh the first is the level of horror and violence on display some of the times it's trolly gross out stuff most of the time it seems deeper and more unconscious than that the internet has a way of amplifying and enabling many of our latent desires in fact, it's what it seems to do best. I spend a lot of time arguing for this tendency with regards to human sexual freedom, individual identity, and other issues. Here, it overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, it sometimes feels that the tendency itself is a violent and destructive one. The second uh, is the level uh, is level of exploitation, not of children because they are children, but of children because they are powerless. Automated reward systems like YouTube algorithms algorithms necessitate exploitation in the same way that capitalism necessitates exploitation and if you're someone who bristles at the second half of that equation then maybe this should be what convinces you of its truth exploitation is encoded into the systems we are building making it harder to see harder to think and explain harder to counter counter and defend against not in the future of ai overlords and robots in factories but right here right now on your screen in your living room and in your pocket the okay, because I... this is the part where I start getting scared. I... Okay, okay, I'm... you're not you're not scared like I am. All right, it's the because I was trying to get the cat up here. So there's a there's a, a an immediate issue where it's like there's violent stuff being put into YouTube, like in these videos. Um, my kid is watching it. That's obviously bad. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. And that raises questions like these aren't children who we are even talking at. These are toddlers. They're not they're barely understanding what they're seeing. So why? If it can be repetitive, it can, if it can just be music and lights and colors and repetitive. Why are these things? Why? Why is it these weirdly abusive, violent things, these specific things? Yeah. Is it somebody? deciding it because it's thousands of accounts all doing this yeah or what or has what gain though and like to exactly, create a like, child army of like crippled emotional and people. that's that's the other scary thing which we like, already have that's the other scary thing is like what are they getting out of it why like flash these things to children subtly i don't know why that's like the biggest mystery is like i don't know why I know why they make these videos. It's for the money. Why? Why are they traumatizing children? Why are they doing these specific things? Yeah, like is it some sort of weird brainwashing? 
And like to, to insensitivity to violence or, but like for what, like, what are you, you can't guarantee number one, what the results, I mean, what, what can we say for sure about the exposure of something like this to a one-year-old? Who knows? We're the it's, ones that are freaked so, out. You would have to make theories about like, what is this going to do to him in a, a later yeah. years? Like, I don't know what the payoff would be for the person making these videos. So it's hard to believe that, yeah, that you they don't have know. a stake in this traumatization of the children. But then why, why, why the, why the needles? Why the like opening up your belly and like abortion stuff? Why, like, why? I don't. And it's not the other thing. Well, that's what I think it might be. You're upset. <clears throat> you're upset. I, like, I don't some, get it. I don't get why. You're I upset. You. Like you have children. I have a, I think what it might be. And this is the thing that I think is actually scarier is that uh, it's not specifically uh, some desire to abuse children. It's people being controlled by the algorithm, the, the AI machine we've made where <clears throat> following what it takes has perverted like you got hey whatever keywords popular you type those in we make those videos people like the ball pit we put the ball pit in there doesn't matter yeah and 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 the algorithm just yanks everything to its extremist angles where now we're, mm. we're now these are the videos getting made and it's like the people doing these aren't questioning it they're just they just know their keywords they just follow the algorithm some of this is machine made some of it is people made but but I they're mean, all what just algorithm says like abortion I, uh, baby like, abortion what, what, i mean like what like why is it why is it every ai uh like chat bot that something makes has to get shut down because it's racist it's it always turns into like a hate crime like humanity we we haven't figured out how to anytime we try to do this we like we we leave our own evils in the i want not that i think reply all which is another podcast that kind of <clears throat> let you introduce me to, so I have no right talking about it. This is probably bigger than them. But, like, is there no getting to the bottom of this? Is there no going to the headquarters of, you know, like, who is at the, who thought of this? Like, why? Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. The thing I'm afraid of is that that's what you want to think is, like, who is the, guy running this yeah. insane empire what i'm afraid of is that nobody did it like we we like it It started with like uh like slapstick comedy uh with characters kids like and uh now now you're uh smacking with an eel put the eel in his mouth put the eel down his throat like like the the, the rush to like you know extreme everything like like what i'm scared of is that nobody's actually doing this on purpose like we're being led by a computer that is giving us what we want at bigger and bigger you know quantities and and it led us to where actors grown men are doing these like spanking each other and like in bed and like but it's like kids music and it's like funny and weird and it's mixed with perversion in a way that nobody can explain why it's i mean who wants it thousands and thousands of videos they have millions of views and they have so many views because the, they suspect like these videos get made bots swarm in to watch them a million times so they get pushed up the the next played chart so that you when your kid watches some cartoon the next thing that comes up is spider-man and elsa like spank each other uh and like why why like i <sighs> let me read these last two paragraphs and i'll be done this is the closer <clears throat> To expose children to this content is abuse. We're not talking about the debatable but undoubtedly real effects of film or video game violence on teenagers or the effects of pornography or extreme images on young minds. What we're talking about is very young children, effectively from birth, being deliberately targeted with content which will traumatize and disturb them via networks which are extremely vulnerable to exactly this form of abuse. What concerns me is not just the violence being done to children here, although that concerns me deeply. What concerns me is that this is just one aspect of a kind of infrastructural violence being done to all of us, all the time, and we're still struggling to find a way to even talk about it, to describe its mechanisms and its actions and its effects. As I said at the beginning of this essay, this is being done by people and by things and by a combination of things and people. 
Responsibility for its outcomes is impossible to assign, but the damage is very, very real. It, it, it. I tend to get drunk and like when anytime this, like I think to talk about this, like I end up just like, you don't know, you don't see the videos. I don't. And it, it, it's, it's hard to pin down like the actual like scary part of it. It's not the like scat play Mickey and Minnie stuff. Like it's fucked up that like someone's pushing that to your kids. Like there's something so much scarier happening. People think it's like there's theories that it's a child pedophile. Those coded messages in the comments, the gibberish, it's a pedophile ring. I, 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 I. I think it's I think we we just became part of a machine in a really scary way that where we're just like yeah no the kids get abused now because that's what the algorithm wants that's what I think is happening. And it's happening to kids who can't even talk yet so they don't even know they're being traumatized by what they're seeing. It's so wow. fucking scary and it it I don't know. I I don't There's nothing to laugh about. It's just like I gotta talk about it eventually because it's a lot of these channels, by the way, have gotten like it took years for YouTube to admit that this was happening, and now they've started to actually uh, toy freaks or whatever it was that family that were millionaires they got taken down because like yeah you can't do this you can't do this to people <laughs> but, wow but they but it's but it's all part of a machine now they spring up just as fast as they get taken down and it's. Yeah. If you have kids and you give them YouTube, like, there are official YouTube kids, like, channels now where it's like, give this to your kids. Like, we, we, you know, we curate the content. I feel like we could talk all night about this because I don't like, sometimes I can accept accept things as a great mystery, you know, and, and know that I can't find the answer. And that's part of what's okay about it. You know, just like in a spiritual sense or whatever, like, I think it's okay to not get stuff. And I think that's part of the point is that like, we're not always smart enough to get everything and you have to be all right with that. But something like this, I don't understand. I think one thing that the boys play games on their Kindle that I always know what the games are. Um, uh, I don't want to, this shouldn't be happening, but also I can say for me that I would never let my kids in YouTube land, um, to just even YouTube kids to wander around like, because maybe I had already been aware of this or whatever. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think your kids have a different relationship with the internet and, and like, yeah, like, uh, and I don't, I don't mean that in like a, a judgy way to like it parents that like put YouTube on the tablet and like, yeah, like, well, I, I, I have, I mean, I'm not a parent. I don't, you know, I'm not going to yeah, like, like, I just mean like the, they're not bad people when they do that, but like they do it not knowing that I'm telling you that video came up. I was alone listening to folk punk and. 20 minutes into autoplay, like it was, it was Mickey and Minnie Mouse, like peeing in each other's mouths and like the hashtags, like it's all like algorithmed out to that. These are those accounts are like some of the most followed, the most viewed accounts on YouTube and nobody knows about them unless they've heard the term Elsa gate. The fact that it can be this big and widespread, it's so huge the market for this and nobody knows about it is so scary to me. Yeah. I encountered one of these videos and I don't remember how I did, but the Spider-Man thing. Um, and yeah, it was weird and I don't really know. I just don't get quite the end game of all of this because even like, what financial benefit there is to traumatizing children? Like, is it no. a bunch of therapists? Like, what's you know? I, I don't. There's what, no. Where, where's the payout for anybody to do this? I don't really get it. But you um, can explain it away with financial gain up until this stuff, and then it's like, what? What the fuck is this? Like, what yeah, is happening? I mean, because even okay, you get you know a bunch of views, but like the long term goal. Of traumatizing 
unknowingly children. Like, I don't know financially what the payout, you know, where do you see gains? If it's not financial, what do you think? I don't know. Like, because we're all already fucked up. We've, we've been organically traumatized. I mean, who do you know that either doesn't have a traumatic story attached to their life or something bad? Like, is it just a matter of kickstarting it at one years old versus eight or 10 or your first? Like, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. But people, people have baggage, but I don't know if everybody, uh, has an early memory of black Spider-Man and Joker throwing Elsa asleep into a lake buried alive. Joker and Elsa in the pool, Batman, Spider-Man, Joker crush iPhone uh, seven of Elsa, Spider-Man theft. That's just a theft one. Doctor injected into face. Joker. Batman eats shit. And a shower noodle bath. Drowned head Spider-Man and Elsa under pool sponges. Like, these are live action ones. These are live action videos. Real people, real live actors acting with the insanity and nonsense of a of of a uh, a computer generated like uh script or something where like oh this is like uh, you ran this through Google Translate ten times and you got like garbage out the other end and then like real people directing scenes that are that that are just yeah like now you do this thing like who it, I guess it people do so I mean how is that different than like the- shit porn or do you know what I mean? Specific end game that it's a fet- it's a sexual fetish. Like the people who are doing these can make their ten videos a week. Well, why does it have to be this? What like why why like where where's where did they get the list? That's like these are d- drowning drowning under ice this week. We're making a drowning under ice video. Like is it? It can't be their personal choice because there's thousands of other accounts doing the same themes. So who are they all referencing when they're looking for what kids need to be seeing? It rides this line where it's like this would be this would get you in jail for the rest of your life like if you went a little farther but instead it's just it's just on the other end of that where it's oh no you're basically like a grown man like about to molest a girl but there's fun music and and like 6 million views. We should how long have we been talking about this? Mm, we're an hour 20. Okay. I feel like <clears throat> we could just keep going on it and just talking yeah. about how weird it is. Yeah. It, yeah. Does anybody... How long it won't is- get funny and it'll <laughs> just get like more... Ca- I'm just going to tell you that I'm going to be... I just got to gonna- lead. I got to lead on something. Okay. Yeah. I, I just want to tell you that I, I did buy some Halloween costumes and I have an idea for some uh, a YouTube channel we should start. With... Uh- um, it's it's like fun. It's for kids. It's gonna be Miss Frizzle goes to the dentist and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So some weird stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's close the show how I suggested. Um, when we yeah, were out we, on we the deck left in half an hour, we we need to. Yeah. So here's what I want to close the show with every week from here on out. We like to go. We we like to geocache. If you don't know what that is, we're not going to talk about it right now. Because we've already talked too long. You can look it up. We'll talk about it some other time. But what else we like to do is go to weird bars. And because we're in Chippewa Falls, I want to talk about our first weird bar that was supposed to be a separate podcast, but these are all enough work where maybe we're not going to actually have a bar podcast yet. In the meantime... It's not the amount of work. Is that like... <sighs> boy, I have two podcasts and me just getting drunk and rambling. Like, and I'm... Am I going to be so arrogant to think that, like, people want more? (laughs) So I want to recommend a bar that's more local. Um, It's the Elk Lake Tavern. I just recommended it to a friend, Jordan, uh, last night. And it's this bar that's on... um, It's called the Elk Lake Tavern, and it was recommended to us because we were told 
it's a little bar in a basement. Yeah. Like, I guess owners must live out. Somebody lives up top. The bar is in the basement. And you can smoke. You can smoke. Now, 2019, you can smoke. And so we're like, fuck yeah, let's go check it out. Yep. And so we went out. It's on Cameron Street in Eau Claire. Uh, their Facebook page has Dilly Dilly as their cover photo. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like a flag. Sure. Yeah, no, that's like someone's t-shirt or something. (laughs) Oh, God. It's a little bar underground. There's no windows, (laughs) but it's, uh, it's fine. It's a little, it's a little dive bar. Yeah. We went there the first time and at somebody's suggestion met a couple of guys that I felt certainly, um, on a level of politicalness, we would not connect. And if you know, uh, which is a common theme, and I think a lot of the bars we go to, little yeah. dive bars in Wisconsin tend to not be the burning right. crowd. <laughs> not, yeah, not a lot of socialists, progressives, right? Uh, but and like if you if you know us and know what we look like, you know, um, I look like a poor, untalented <laughs> Dave Matthews, <laughs> and I am a hev- heavily tattooed young Bette Midler. I was told once, not the tattooed part, but I'm heavily tattooed to an extent where I feel like I forget that when I'm out in the world that I am so covered to some extent that it just puts a certain message out there and I forget that. And so we go to these places and I'll be surprised when people that look like maybe we don't have so many core interests will engage us in a a game of pool and so we played pool and had this really great time with these guys who are way better than us. Yeah, for the record, the pool room at the Elk Lake Tavern is bigger than the bar. Oh. Yeah, and it was, uh, these guys were telling us how a couple of lesbians who came in to drink soda messed up the smoking thing. Yeah, we were asking them because we were like, yeah. Can you, like we came here because we thought you could smoke. And he's like, oh, yeah, like after hours you used to. And then, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like, uh. If this is a stereotype, I don't know about. He's like, you know how it is. These lesbians come in drinking their sodas, complaining about the smoking, and now we can't smoke. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. And so we brought uh, um, my, our, well, our friend Christopher there um, on his thirtieth birthday because he wanted to go to um, weird bars, and so I was kind of tasked with with finding some and so we brought him there and i am still facebook friends with this woman missy that i met there if you recall mm-hmm. and like he got she bought him this birthday shot and it was actually super fun in there and yeah it's in a basement and so if you are local to some extent and you're looking for a weird dive bar that's not like the joint or somewhere that's you know whatever like divey but also hip um <clears throat> so check out the Elk Lake Tavern. Um, thanks for listening. See you next time. Come back next week. <laughs> <laughs>